This week we go on a field trip to India, where a battle between billionaires at the intersection of streaming, sports, mobile, commerce and fasts provides a glimpse of the future. Pack your bags and listen on. Welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News. And that was Colin Dixon at the beginning from Endscreen Media. Hey Colin, how is everything going? It's going great, Will. We've got a packed agenda today for the podcast. We, uh, we're going to go to India in the second half, right? We are going to go to India in the second half. So hopefully listeners have uh, permission slips signed and in hand to do this field trip with us today. And yeah. uh, before we start on the field trip, I just wanted to mention very briefly, if I might, that uh, next Tuesday, the 28th, February 28th, is Video News' third annual Connected TV Advertising Preview 2023. And we have 22 speakers on five sessions. And I think it's gonna be a really fantastic afternoon of learning from all of our different uh, panelists and our sessions. And you are actually moderating a really interesting session about how CTV advertising um, is evolving to be full funnel or, uh, or even maybe bottom funnel, lower funnel oriented. And you have a great group of panelists joining you. And I know I'm looking forward to that discussion and I'm sure that all of our attendees are gonna get a lot out of that one. Me too, and it's such an important one, right, right, Will, because it really marks a transition point, I think, for for television itself being able to offer full funnel advertising functionality. So that should be a great discussion, so people should definitely check in for that. And you know, folks, you should really stick around for the discussion about uh, India because, boy, there's there's some stuff going on there that I think is definitely coming to the US. Uh, but anyway, we've got a couple of news stories we want to touch on before we get there. So Will, why don't you kick, get us kicked off? Yeah, so this actually happened at the end of last week after we recorded our interview with Beth Anderson, but uh, I thought it was worth noting that YouTube's CEO, Susan Wojcicki, announced that she's retiring from the company and that her uh, YouTube's Chief Product Officer Neil Mohan, who's been with the company for many years, has been elevated to be the CEO of YouTube. And YouTube has obviously grown and prospered beyond anybody's wildest imagination under Susan's leadership. And I had the opportunity to actually interview Neil at NAB show in 2016. It was a keynote interview. And it was, uh, I thought, a really great interview, and um, he's obviously a very smart, very articulate guy. And it feels like it's a great move for YouTube, and it's going to portend even further success down the road. So congrats to Susan for moving on after many years of success, and congrats to Neil on moving into the CEO role and all the good stuff that's yet ahead. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's a big proponent of Metaverse and Web 3.0. So that should be really interesting to see how he leverages that in YouTube. YouTube is already a, a big force in VR. So I hope hopefully he'll continue to push that forward and help us understand what it means to be entertained in the Metaverse. Looking forward to that. And how about you? What's on your radar this week, Colin? Huh? 
So it seems like a small story, but it sort of links to a bigger story. Uh, Tivo's CEO, uh, Xberry's CEO, uh, said that he thought that the Tivo OS, which is Tivo's uh, move into the, uh, the television OS market, he thinks that it will be in 7 million TVs within a couple of years. So that's one thing. And uh, it's, it's, it sounds like relatively modest when you bear in mind that there are only 25 million, there are 25 million TVs sold in the US every year, between 25 and 29 or 30 million, depending on the, the particular year and what's going on. But the thing, the interesting thing about it is that Last week in the Roku call, Anthony Wood, who's the CEO of Roku, really poo-pooed TiVo's opportunity in the market. He said, that's not a significant player right now in TiVo, and it's hard for me to imagine that a new entrant will be able to gain the necessary scale and technology and just size of of, of everything that's needed to be in that business, it will be quite difficult. So he he doesn't think they're much of a competitor. And I agree with him in the US. I don't think TiVo is going to have a big impact on Roku in the next couple of years in the US. I do, however, think it is a big deal in Europe where Roku is uh, just getting started. And far from competing with the big dogs, which are which in that market are Google TV, Android TV, and Fire TV, those are the big the big big dogs in the, in the European market. I'm afraid that uh, Roku is going to have a tough time fending off TiVo there, and that's where TiVo started. The best it's struck a deal with Vestel, and will be shipping TVs first in the European market, and that is one of the critical markets for Roku to crack if they're really going to have an, a, sub, a substantial international business yeah i think it it may not be a huge amount of tv seven million uh, but it is most of those or many of those are going to be in the european market where roku needs to be successful too and uh, i I really like tivo os's strategy they're giving tv manufacturers a much bigger crack at the recurring revenue model that that is earned by the os through those tvs in advertising etc and I think it'll be very compelling for a lot of TV manufacturers to take a good hard look at that in preference to a Roku or even a Fire TV or Google TV because they just have the potential to earn a lot more revenue through it. Great. Well, we'll certainly keep an eye on how all that unfolds, Colin. But uh, as we talked about at the beginning, we have a long field trip today in our podcast and it's going to take some time to get there and come back. So we should probably get going on it. We have two stories from India this week. And listeners know that the Indian market is really not one that we spend a lot of time or even any time, (laughs) to be fully candid, uh, talking about on our podcast here. But two stories from India this week both really caught our attention. And they are noteworthy for what's happening in India specifically, but I think even more noteworthy is what they portend for potentially happening here in the U.S. and also in other countries around the world. So I'm going to get us started. And that is that there was, uh, with the fact that there was a report this week that the Indian Premier League cricket games, which are a huge deal in India, very, very popular sport to follow in India, that 
those games are going to be streamed for free. Yes, you heard that right. Those games are going to be streamed for free. And the background here is that the rights to broadcast or stream those games, uh, those rights were acquired by a billionaire in India named Mukesh Ambani. And he acquired those rights in a joint venture with Paramount Global and his company, his name and his conglomerate is called Reliance Industries. And they licensed IPL streaming rights last year for $2.7 billion and effectively poached those rights from Disney, which had been using them, uh, those games, as part of its Disney Plus Hotstar stream streaming service there. So in effect, again, IPL rights have moved from um, Disney Plus Hotstar over to this new service that's being launched, which is called Viacom 18 Media. And again, that's a joint venture between Paramount Global and Reliance. Anyway, so, um, so that's the headline here. And it's really noteworthy because, of course, this is a massive content investment, $2.7 billion, that the joint venture partners have made. And to essentially turn around and make all those games freely available to audiences is a really significant statement about their confidence in the ad-supported only model. And listeners, of course, know that we've been talking a lot about FAS over the past several weeks and the rise of ad-supported TV. And all of those topics will be dug into in depth again next Tuesday at Video News' Connected TV Advertising Preview 2023 event. So. Um, this news now about IPL games being streamed for free is another, I would argue, big milestone in terms of the uh, evolution of free streaming video and the migration of sports not only into streaming, which of course you and I have talked about many times in the podcast over the last several months, uh, but also a major move into uh, completely free ad-supported sports streaming. And it's hard not to think about what impact or consequence this IPL setup in India is again going to have here in the US and in other countries around the world because I don't think we're anywhere close in terms of the robustness of the free ad-supported model relative to the cost of rights here, whether it's NFL, NBA, MLB, et cetera. But we've certainly seen leakage of sports rights from the closed broadcast cable ecosystem into the streaming world. And you have to believe that at some point, if um, they prove this business model in, in India, that companies here will be looking to it as a model for potentially replicating it here in the U.S. and in other countries. So it could be very significant. Yeah, I think it is. Um, and I think in, in the article that we saw, 
Viacom 18 was saying that it saw the opportunity as being, uh, it was an opportunity to reach 550 million viewers. Uh, that's that's uh, the population of India is 1.4 billion. So a little bit of, about 40% of the, of the country, it thinks it can reach with a free service. And uh, monetizing that through advertising, well, that, that could be a really shrewd move, Mill, because if you, if you look at Disney Hotstar, Disney Plus Hotstar in India, the total number of subscribers to that service is 57.5 million. Um, those aren't all, all in India, but a lot of those are in India. And I've got to tell you, IPL rights has been pivotal in the success of Hotstar in that market. Making all of that content now available for free to streamers really does expand the market. You were looking, I mean, I'd be looking for a 10x increase of potential audience from a paid audience and they get it. If they can really reach 550 million, that's a really massive audience. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those will be mobile. So that, that's, um, that, that's a, another thing, which actually will link a little bit to what we're gonna talk about in a, in a minute here. Um, with another move in India. So yeah, I think it's a it's a really shrewd move to really go for the free market. And I think that will be very successful for them. And just to add to this, Colin, um, you know, I'm not sure I necessarily agree it's going to be a 10x lift, although it'll certainly be substantial. But um, just to add a little bit more detail to this, apparently the winning bid, the $2.7 billion deal, Apparently, that was 3x what Disney had paid in the prior IPL deal. And so obviously, that's a huge increase. But it seems, and again, we're reading this. This was not an actual press release. This is just a, a report that we both read. So again, take that for what it is. But this report says that in addition to the $2.7 billion streaming package, that there was also a $3 billion broadcast package for IPL that Disney uh, won and that um, Bonnie had bid for that also. And they had bid for that in conjunction with Paramount, James Murdoch from News, and a gentleman who was the former head of Hotstar. So, I know that that's all just maybe a little bit convoluted. We'll include a link with our art, with our write-ups of the podcast, but uh, clearly a, a lot of stuff going on there with this deal in India. Anyway, enough on that. Why don't we go on to an even potentially more interesting deal in India? And yes, our other story from India, it actually involves Amazon. And Amazon launched a new service called Mini TV, which is an ad-supported streaming service that's really oriented towards mobile back in May of 2021. And it's been really piling on the investment on this service. Uh, to get it, all you need is a login. You do not need to be a Prime subscriber. You just need a login for the app and you have to have the app loaded on your mobile. And uh, so it's, as I say, it's ad supported and it's, uh, and it's got lots of very short type content. But this, this has been growing apparently very well. Uh, Amazon is very pleased with how it's going. This was, uh, of course, launched by Jeff Bezos under his tutelage, uh, but it's obviously continued since his since his step back from being uh, being head of Amazon. And the co the type of content they've 
they have on there is it's it's a variety of mini series serialized comedy skits gadget reviews food fashion videos stuff like that and it feels well it feels a little bit like quibi without the subscription except that they've been really experimenting with content in mini tv and they've actually had some hits that are not just short fare. So apparently they have this thing called Physics Waller, which is a certified hit on the platform. And this thing is 50 minutes and most people are continue are watching for 50 minutes on their smartphones to watch this particular show. Um, it's a web series based on the real life story of a YouTube teacher. This has been a big success. And I've got to tell you, Will, I think it's almost guaranteed that we're going to see mini TV here in the US. And the reason I'm so enthusiastic about it is because the, there was some hub data that came out this week that really illustrates how young people are spending much, much less time with television and much, much more time with TikTok. Basically, the hub asked uh, 13 to 24-year-olds what their screen time was occupied with and they asked the same of uh, people aged 35 plus 43 percent of time was spent with tv for those 35 and over 17 percent was movies well with the 13 to 24 crowd it is only 17 percent with tv 14 percent with movies but online videos occupy 21 percent of the time and with the over 35s it's only 11 percent and this absolutely syncs with other stories this week that we're talking about the fact that TikTok has become the default television service for young people for gen z's so i have a feeling that we are going to see mini tv here in the u.s pretty darn quickly yeah, let me just uh, add to that, Colin, and just make sure that we don't uh, bury the lead here on this story. The um, the thing that jumped out to me is that Mini TV, and again, we're reading from an article uh, from this week. Mini TV is actually a um, is included inside of Amazon India's main shopping app, so it's. It's kind of a nested video service within an overall shopping app. And the bet by Amazon is that if it can draw in users, primarily younger users, to watch the content, they have to essentially uh, scroll past or, or move past the uh, commerce prompts that are going to be that come at them left and right. And so the idea is that Amazon is looking to monetize this free content, again, that they're investing in uh, through driving heavier usage, heavier buying within the larger um, shopping app that's available in India. And that model of essentially having original video subsidized, or in this case, fully supported, by commerce is very much rooted in what Jeff Bezos said going back probably seven, eight years now at the Code Conference where he spoke of this so-called flywheel for why Amazon was getting involved in the video business in the first place. 
and the flywheel basically is the idea that Amazon has proven to itself that uh, video helps attract and retain prime users and prime users in turn spend much more money than non-prime users buying stuff from Amazon. So in other words, this concept of a flywheel exists where Amazon is essentially using video as a way to drive more commerce. And as I think you and I have talked about in the podcast before, um, this gives obviously gives Amazon a very significant advantage in the video space because it's leveraging this multi-gazillion dollar commerce business that it runs on a very slim margin. Uh, it enables them to use that commerce business to essentially pay for video and be in the video business and not have to worry about monetizing video directly. And I would say that, you know, in the history of video, TV, movies, whatever, it's really the first time that the uh, monetization of that content is not direct, directly tied to the video itself, but is rather subsidized by a completely unrelated business model, in this case, commerce and shopping. So that obviously is a big advantage for Amazon and, and really, I think, changes the dynamics of competition throughout the industry. And so clearly here we see Amazon exercising that business model in India. And I think to your point, a model that we will see unroll here in the US at some point also. In fact, in some ways it's already happening with Freevee and it's already happening with Prime and Originals and Lord of the Rings and everything else. So uh, it, to me, it makes complete sense that whatever best practices they learn in India will be relatively quickly exported to all countries around the world. Yeah, I totally agree, Will. And in fact, one of the things that really stands out here for me is there is a fantastic opportunity for brands here. And, and that, that was actually called out in the piece that I read about Mini TV uh, that Amazon was saying this is an opportunity for brands to actually use advertising in that video to to link to and in, in an interactive fashion sales directly in the store. So, you know, this is like the perfect commerce vehicle yeah and and as we were talking about funnel that's one of the topics you're talking about at the show this is a great opportunity to push the video model the video advertising model to lower funnel through streaming right because they can a, a provider who's selling in the amazon store can place ads in mini tv shows have people click or, or activate through their mobile device and, and make a sale right there. So this is a, a fabulous opportunity. And I, as I say, I can't see any reason why this wouldn't work equally well here in the US, particularly looking at that hub data. It just seems like it's a great way of drawing young people in. They're already there. They're already walking away from traditional TV and long form TV anyway. This just plays directly into that. Uh, the only question is, can Amazon get them away from TikTok, which is where they're spending an awful lot of their time? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's it's a highly competitive space and young people in particular are very attuned to when companies are trying to sell them stuff that they didn't necessarily ask to be sold 
in exchange for some other action on their part, they sniff that out right away. So it's not a glide path by any stretch. But I, I would just say, zooming out here for a, a moment while we start to wrap up, Colin, that both of these stories, the cricket story that we talked about, and now the commerce story with, with Mini TV, are both part of much larger trends in the industry that very much intersect. And I think for listeners, that's really the key takeaway in this episode of this podcast that, you know, in this case, we've kind of gone all the way to India, quote unquote, to find these stories, but they are universal stories happening throughout the industry they continue to demonstrate how fast things are evolving and how quickly business models are changing and how flexible and nimble companies in this space need to be in order to stay on top of things and not get too rooted in established or legacy business models. Yeah, amen to that, Will. That's definitely a theme for for the whole of 2023 and beyond. And you know, as we see companies move more towards hybrid monetization models, uh, and uh, you know, we're seeing companies like Roku, who we talked about earlier in the podcast, embracing models with companies like Shopify to really um, monetize, give brands better monetization mechanisms inside of the videos. It, this is this is a theme for the year and for for next year, I think. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's right. And just one very last quick point, as if we need to add any further emphasis to how important all this stuff is. The stakes here are really high. The, um, I mean, Bezos is worth $120 billion or whatever. Uh, Ambani, Mukesh Ambani, is worth around $84 billion. So these battles in India that we're describing that are playing out are being financed by incredibly wealthy people who have essentially unlimited funds to keep pushing their models until they stick. And I think that's yet another cautionary tale for everybody in the industry that there are very deep pockets behind some of the kind of tectonic shifts that are going on in the industry. And if you want to play, if you want to compete, it's going to take major, major deep pockets to do so. Yeah, I think I, that's definitely true. But you know what? I think we're just about out of time. We've we've had our trip to India. <laughs> <laughs> time right. to let our audience get back. Coming back in for a landing. Uh, great chatting, yeah. Colin, as always. And uh, again, encouraging our listeners, if they're interested in learning more, to sign up. It's complimentary next Tuesday afternoon, the 28th, for Video News' Connected TV Advertising Preview 2023. And I think on that note, over and out, right? Yep. We'll see you all next week. Inside the Stream is a production of InScreen Media and Video News. All rights reserved. <laughs>